When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And I am so excited about our topic today because I think it is one of the things, if not the thing, that is the most critical to a business for them to be successful. And that's branding. And it's always fun talking with people about branding, whether it's on the program or just out and about, because so many people don't understand what it means. So many people, oh my gosh, don't even think they need it, which is just, you know, oh heavens, I can't believe that. But, you know, it is. It is something that is absolutely critical. And so joining us today is Mark Gutman to talk about this. So welcome, Mark. Deb, thank you so much for having me on the show. I am equally as passionate as you about this topic and so excited to be here and have an amazing conversation. And hopefully we can teach the audience a thing or two about branding. I love it. I love it. And you know, it all comes down to exactly what your hat says. It is about being brilliant, right? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'm glad, glad you pointed that out. Yeah. It it really, you know, this hat came out of an experience with my young daughter, Ruby. And I like, I look so forward. I drop her every day off Mm -hmm. at the bus and off at school and, uh, and, and I just started saying to her one day, be brilliant. And mm-hmm. she turned around at me and said, no, dad, you be brilliant. Oh. And when I thought about what that mm-hmm. really meant, that didn't mean, you know, go to school and get all A's. Mm-hmm. That didn't mean, you know, be at the top of your class, but what mm-hmm. it did mean was be you, right. you know, be, you know, shine mm-hmm. in your essence. And that really mm-hmm. is what branding is all about. And we'll talk about that today. I love it. And, you know, my grandmother was Ruby. So, you know, we're just, and, and you live in Colorado. So this is just, this is going to be a fantastic conversation. We're just two peas in a pod. So let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will do a deep dive on this. So from the moment we wake up to the moment we go to bed, we are influenced by branding. What shirt am I going to wear? What car do I drive? What deodorant, marketing firm, beer, and so on. There's a lot of noise out there. Oh my gosh, tons of noise. And standing out isn't easy. Starting his career in screenwriting with Academy Award-winning director Oliver Stone, Mark Gutman blends storytelling, psychology, and design to help brands outmaneuver their competition. An entrepreneur, speaker, and Instagram social media influencer, Mark helps build brands that stand out and get you noticed. So again, Mark, welcome. 
<laughs> oh, Deb, thanks. I want to, whoever that person is you just introduced, I want to meet them. They sound great. I know. Don't you love it when we, we read our own bios? We're like, ooh, that sounds good. Uh, but part of that is branding, right? It, it is how we are seen by the world and how the world sees us. So, you know, one of the things I always like to, to start the program with is hearing about how my clients got to where they are today. Oh my gosh, working with Oliver Stone. I mean, all sorts of things. So tell us how it is that you discovered that this is your passion in life. Yeah, well, I'm just some regular kid from Detroit. You know, I didn't grow up in the movie business. Um, you know, and growing up in Detroit, uh, a lot of people are surprised to hear me say this was awesome, but mm-hmm. uh, nothing, nothing ever really happened. You know, it was pretty, pretty basic, pretty mm-hmm. good. And, you know, my whole contextual lens for the world was through TV and movies. That Mm -hmm. was my generation. Uh, Things were really starting to happen and converge Mm -hmm. in terms of the way that we were able to access movies. Mm -hmm. Um, I loved going to the the cinema, but then also Mm -hmm. we had, you know, the TV was bringing things in like Mm -hmm. HBO, which to all you young listeners out there was like the first Netflix or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Super cool. But, uh, and and there was also really a way how I um, connected with my father. We just had this. Mm-hmm. mutual love of movies mm-hmm. and we'd hang out. And so when I left college, I didn't know what I wanted to do. All my friends were uh, becoming, you know, respectable lawyers and doctors and doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I thought, you know what, I'll go out to the, I'll go out to the movie business and I'll give that a try. I was mm-hmm. pretty naive, which I think is the number one characteristic of any right. mm-hmm. young person or, or entrepreneur. Like you just mm-hmm. got to kind of believe not, not, not think about what can't happen. Mm-hmm. And I got out there and kind of developed my first core philosophy in life, which is, um, you know, if you want something and you want to be a part of a industry, if you want to be a part of a career, it's find a way to get in the middle of that mm-hmm. industry. Now it might not be the exact job that you want. It might not be perfect. And it, it wasn't for me, my very first job. Um, I showed up, um, I, I, it was a warehouse in Van Nuys. I was like, this does not look like the Hollywood I saw on TV. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was going through, uh, kind of uh, security doors and there were like kind of half built robots and like people were working on things. I was like, this is crazy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and, and what I realized that this was the, the skunk works for Disney's Imagineering where they're building all oh. the animatronics and all mm-hmm. the things world. But I walked into another door that opened up into a massive theater, but there was no mm-hmm. one in the theater. There were no mm-hmm. seats, just a massive wraparound screen. And mm-hmm. that turned out to be a really cool um, kind of wraparound movie for Epcot Center. Ah. There's three panels of 70 mm-hmm. millimeter. Ellen DeGeneres was the star. I'm not kidding you. Very first day of work, just got to California. I sit down Indian style on a cross leg style on the, the floor and uh, we're, we're eating lunch and it's like six of us, the editors, me and, and Ellen. And oh, you know, I didn't say, much. holy cow. I didn't, I didn't say much at the time. And, you know, Ellen and I aren't like best friends or anything, but that was, that was what happened. Mm-hmm. And what that job was, was I was a runner and I would mm-hmm. deliver film from mm-hmm. this area in Van Nuys to uh, Technicolor and Deluxe. And mm-hmm. most importantly, the Disney lot. And I had a lot of time to kill and I would walk up and down the hallways and the bungalows and befriend mm-hmm. different producers and stick my head in their office and tell them what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And very much like in a movie, one of the producers one day slid a post-it note across the desk and said, call this number. That happened to be Oliver's number, which was really cool. Um, I got the job as a story editor. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was my dream job. I didn't know what a story editor was. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, it definitely was tr- uh, trial by fire. Um, I thought I was going to get fired almost every single day. 
uh, I learned a ton about storytelling. Mm-hmm. I learned about how to, you know, what makes an interesting story, how to read mm-hmm. scripts. Um, one day uh, I, I walked into the office and everyone was kind of gathered around and looking very glum. And I was like, oh, oh this is it. Yeah. Like my, oh. my, 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 my time has ended. But instead, they presented me with probably my most prized possession, which mm-hmm. is in the very background there, mm-hmm. um, my, my most prized trophy in business. And what that is, is an L.L. Bean tote bag ah. that has the name of the uh, production company on it. Ah, and you were official. Mm-hmm. I was official. And that was the, the ritual. And what that mm-hmm. meant was I was now allowed to carry 20 scripts back and forth every day. I had the privilege of, mm-hmm. of carrying 20 that I had to read and, you know, mm-hmm. every, every night. And so... Stayed on there for a while, ended mm-hmm. up writing a few um, shows for them, um, unproduced movies, went on to do work on some other mm-hmm. uh, films and things like that, uh, primarily in comedy, wrote a uh, cartoon series for Warner Brothers, a spinoff of another movie. But I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I realized at that point that I had learned a ton about storytelling. I mm-hmm. loved the movie business, but I hadn't really seen much of the world and part of my dream had always been to come back to Colorado. I knew mm-hmm. from a very young age that that this was for me and and, and I was going to live here someday. So I came here to take a break, uh, never left. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that kept me here was there was this another amazing event in my life where there was this confluence of all these crazy entrepreneurs and people here in mm-hmm. Colorado. We had this amazing startup scene. And I was like, well, I kind of saw the Hollywood people. They were cool. And no offense to you, Hollywood people, mm-hmm. but these entrepreneurs, they were cool. They were, oh, like, yeah. mm-hmm. world. They were like doing all sorts of amazing things. And, and so I kind of got into that scene and, and a lot of people were constantly coming up to me and mm-hmm. saying, can you help me tell my story? And I was like, yes, I can do that. Mm-hmm. And we'd go off and we'd work and, and do that. And it like ended terribly like uh, most engagements, because we had a very uh, different definition of what telling a story Ah. meant. I came from a very kind of classical training, right? Mm Three act cinematic structure. Mm -hmm. And what I didn't realize at the time was all these, and they didn't know it either because it wasn't called this. These people wanted their brand story, right? But they Mm -hmm. didn't really know what that meant. They mm-hmm. just know that they weren't communicating clearly. Mm-hmm. They weren't being perceived correctly that, you know, something was often their off in their brand. And, you know, and it would, it would show up in, this is the way that branding problems typically show up, right? Like it would show up, like our website's not working. We don't know how to talk about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, very, very marketing tactical mm-hmm. executions mm-hmm. because they didn't have that, that, that foundation right. of brands. So over time, I, I figured that, oh, this is what we mean by brand story. And it's not mm-hmm. just like one like narrative story. There's mm-hmm. you know, a lot of things that go into it uh, and, and was able over time to uh, do two things. I started a tech company and I was really not the best entrepreneur, but I was great at uh, branding and marketing. So we, we mm-hmm. built that up and, and sold it. But then also I had built this practice uh, where... Um, you know, over trial and error, really discovered that hey, we're a brand strategy and design studio, and mm-hmm. that's what we love doing, and helping people to to you know not just tell their story but build their business, right? Mm-hmm. Because um, at the heart of these businesses are a lot of people's dreams. Uh, mm-hmm. We're solving a lot of times a real problem for people, right. uh, and at the and at the very least, we're just helping people have fun, right? Mm-hmm. Get outside or, or do different things. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, that's what I love to do. I'm really passionate about business. Mm-hmm. I'm really passionate about brand being a component of the business. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. It's not like, Hey, just like, it's not about getting logos and, 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 and pretty designs and mm-hmm. things like that, but it really is a foundational 
piece mm -hmm. of the business. And that's my story and I'm sticking to it. Perfect. I love it. You know, and I love that you talk about the fact that there's a story but the story has to actually make people do something, um, you know, and, and, and I think that's one of the things that people kind of trip over is they have that great story. And, and sometimes it's, you know, the whole entrepreneur, I did this, you know, I've, I've created the greatest thing since sliced bread, all of those various things. But then people and people hear it, they go, ooh, ah. And then they do nothing. <laughs> you know? And and so that's where the story really does have to actually get people to do something. Um, you know, and and I mean there's a variety of things. It's not always give us your money. That's great. But you know, sometimes the story is tell your friends about us. Sometimes the story is, hey, remember we exist. I mean, all of those various things. So talk to us about how people kind of craft those stories. Yeah, Deb, so this is such a great, great topic and point. I love the way that you led into this and set this up. So one of the things when I was working for Oliver, I would have to do was I'd typically come in on a Monday and I would have like 10 scripts on my desk. Mm -hmm. And those 10 were typically from someone Oliver had met over the weekend. Mm -hmm. And he had a really, because he was a veteran, he had a really soft spot specifically for uh, veterans. Uh, mm -hmm. He'd be like, you know, he'd be like, yeah, if you have a script, I'll read it, whatever, mm -hmm. which meant I read it. Right. And mm -hmm. what I learned is that everybody thinks that they have a great story. Mm -hmm. And everyone thinks that every part of their life story makes a great story. Right. And neither of those things are true. Mm -hmm. And sadly, so oh, it's sadly, kind of hard on the sorry, ego, everybody. but <laughs> sorry, everybody. And, and we were just joking around in the beginning of my intro. You were like, oh, that's part of branding. Well, absolutely. There are specific stories. Mm -hmm. I've got, I don't know how many, I can't even 10,000 stories in my life. Mm -hmm. You probably have 10,000. Everyone mm -hmm. has 10,000. Mm -hmm. In that intro, you shared like two, right? And they were curated. They were right. selected because mm -hmm. I want you to know something. So I think that's the first, when we're talking about storytelling and brand and in your business, that's the first thing I just want people to know is mm -hmm. that like not every story is applicable, mm -hmm. not every story is usable. And you really need to think about to your point, what do you want that story to do? What's the mm -hmm. purpose? I actually keep a story journal mm. um, just for my own branding. I'm sure we'll talk about some like social mm -hmm. media stuff and things like that. I, I keynote speak and I keep, mm -hmm. a, I, I keep a story journal about, okay, this is a time when I was sitting on the fence and I didn't take action. Mm -hmm. Right. And then I tell my story or whatever. This is a time where um, I was where, where you were are today, right? Mm -hmm. Like where I wasn't employing good branding. And I mm -hmm. was like doing all the, making all the mistakes, like stealing copy from my competitors and, and, and trying to act like my competitors mm -hmm. it was working for them. It would work for me, but then I flipped it around. Right. So these are all different stories mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that we can tell how to choose which ones. I think you really want to know what you want to tell. And I think there's a, there's a few basic things mm -hmm. that we really want to communicate, right? We want to um, communicate um, uh, why we're in business. Mm -hmm. Right beyond making a profit, so a lot of people call this this call us our purpose. We sometimes want to communicate our our vision, like what, mm -hmm. what do we see as a future for this industry? What do we see as a future for this brand? Mm -hmm. What do we believe in? Mm -hmm. Right, like what are our values? And I think Patagonia is like one of those amazing brands that does that like mm -hmm. constantly. They really lean into that, but. Mm -hmm. That's not all they communicate. Right? Right. They tell you about product. They tell mm -hmm. you about you know you know the features and benefits. They mm -hmm. they they take you on an experience. Um, 
you know, in our beliefs and values though, like, because, you know, beyond, beyond an actual functional product, customers really want to align with brands they believe in Mm -hmm. that, that have the same values Mm -hmm. and beliefs. Um, You know, there's always the origin story, the backstory, the brand story um, that you can tell as well. Um, And and these are all examples of stories that when Mm -hmm. I see, I think of it, I think of these like kind of like story blocks Mm -hmm. that are all kind of funneling into a cohesive kind of focus, Mm -hmm. but then that's what people refer to Mm -hmm. as their brand story. Mm -hmm. It's all these little things. And of Mm -hmm. course, you know, we want to give case studies. We want to tell people to do, I've been um, criticized by some of my advisors and, 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 and peers for not talking enough about what we actually do, like mm-hmm. the results that we deliver. Mm-hmm. And, and that's important to you. And, and, and as you know, there's a, um, there's a just kind of a fine mixture of, of how we bring all those stories. We, we mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, hammer any ingredient too much, mm-hmm. but that's what keeps it dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, another great storytelling axiom is we always want contrast, right? So whenever, mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're, kind of talking about one thing, talk about something else mm-hmm. and, and, and develop contrast. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's, it's tricky because so many people think oh, I don't have a story or more importantly, I just want to sell this product or this service, you know, and, 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 it, you know, and it's not important, you know, you just need to buy this from me. And, you know, and, and we all forget that it is about building those relationships with people, you know, yeah, you know, there are obviously lots of products that we just go and we buy because, you know, it's whatever on the store shelf or, you know, all those things, but for the things that really matter to us, and it can, it can even be, you know, a dollar item or whatever. Sometimes it is that story that, that you are thinking about. Um, And, and, and that's where we tug at people's heartstrings. It's where we bond with them. All of those things. And I think when people skip that part or assume nobody cares, that's where they're really missing out. Yeah, 100%. Look, in any given market, whatever your business is, there's kind of like this accepted price point, right? Mm-hmm. Like if we think about a cup of coffee, there's mm-hmm. about a dollar fifty or $2 is the, you know, probably today's accepted mm-hmm. common price point. Now, if I'm, a, if, a co- if I'm selling cups of coffee, there's only a couple of ways that I can actually increase my profits. Mm-hmm. I can either push down on, on the cost to produce, mm-hmm. right? I can, I can try to lower my cost, but we, we all know um, you can only push down on that, on that line. Right. Cause so then far. quantity and, goes or quality goes down. Yeah, well, and also look, look at, look at what's happening right now in today's like, you know, business environment costs mm-hmm. are not going down. They are going up, mm-hmm. you know, they it's becoming a lot harder to influence that line. And usually in any given market, there's room for only one low cost competitor. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always a room for a Walmart. There's always a room mm-hmm. for a Costco. There's always a room for an Amazon. But the mm-hmm. only way to really pull up on that price line is to is to increase the perceived value of a product, right? right? And then, so you have someone like Starbucks who's mm-hmm. who's doing that point. We have all these like Blue Bottle and all these crazy other roasters that are mm-hmm. charging insane amounts of, of of money for a cup of coffee. Right. And that. you're thinking, oh my gosh, you know, my my dad paid 10 cents for a cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And they're and they're and they're pulling the perceived value mm-hmm. up and able to raise the price, which mm-hmm. gives them more profit. Mm-hmm. So when we think of it in those terms, your brand has a job, right? Like mm-hmm. I say, your brand has a job, and that's to help you sell more stuff mm-hmm. to more people, right? Over a longer time mm-hmm. for for more years. And mm-hmm. so that's what we're trying to do with all this branding stuff, mm-hmm. right? And that's what this is really about. And so 
Yeah, I, I have friends and I've been doing a lot of work with Amazon sellers. I've been doing mm-hmm. a lot of work with e-commerce people because they are able to have short-term success. Mm-hmm. They're able to go into a market and and list on Amazon and use paid advertising mm-hmm. and start to find a product to sell. But what mm-hmm. is happening is there's no reason for people to come back and mm-hmm. purchase. Right. There's no way to be defensible mm-hmm. in the marketplace. If they have like a great idea, someone mm-hmm. sees that also and drops mm-hmm. some Alibaba and, and, mm-hmm. and they're in trouble. Mm-hmm. And so really, yeah, the only way to, you know, and Amazon's a search engine, right? So we, you know, there's searching mm-hmm. and looking for low price and mm-hmm. you're absolutely right. I go in there and sometimes I just need something, blah, blah, blah. And, it, and mm-hmm. it's transitional product, right? But even then, a lot of times, which product am I buying? The one that says Amazon's choice or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, right. a, that's a form. Yeah, of there's a little bit of a story there. Mm-hmm. With, with, with an- mm-hmm. Well, and, and we read there the is. product descriptions. But, so, you know, and, and, yeah, and, and we read reviews. the reviews. I mean, all of those, that, that's all of what builds the story and makes you decide, hey, I'm going to buy this, whether it's, you know, the, the, the $10 item or, you know, the, the, something that costs more. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And so, you know, as consumers, we're, we're emotionally driven to brands mm-hmm. and, you know, I want people to start thinking about and, and, and self-evaluating when you go out and you make a purchase, like, mm-hmm. I mean, salt, it's a commodity, but mm-hmm. I pick Morton salt over mm-hmm. the Safeway brand, right? right? Why do I do that? Because I believe it's better quality. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of reasons why, but they've created a brand mm-hmm in a commodity. And, and, and this ladders up to all sorts of different, mm-hmm. you know, uh, products. When you think about you, you buy a, a car, you're not like being sold. Mm-hmm. You know that you need, you know, that you need a car. You're like, mm-hmm. I need transportation. Mm-hmm. You make a few decisions mm-hmm. about where you want to be category wise. Am I mm-hmm. going to be like in a, like a, like an entry level vehicle, mm-hmm. middle luxury right. SUV, mm-hmm. but then you go and you start to look at different vehicles and start to associate meaning to them, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're in this kind of like middle class, or I'd say like, I would say luxury SUV class, mm-hmm. right? You're like, like, oh, do I want a Volvo? Cause it makes me safe. Mm-hmm. Do I want a Jeep or a Range Rover? Because it mm-hmm. makes me adventurous, mm-hmm. right? Do I want a Lexus or a Mercedes? Because it makes me refined. I mean, mm-hmm. these are the things, do I feel powerful and successful? Mm-hmm. These are the types of emotions and, and, and humanistic qualities mm-hmm. that we give brands that mm-hmm. influence our buying decisions. Right. And sometimes they make absolutely no sense, um, you know, and, and which is, is difficult from the seller's perspective. But, you know, some of it is that, it, it, like, you know, you mentioned salt, you know, other things like detergent. You know, we buy Tide because mom always used Tide. I mean, all of these various things. But again, that is part of the story. And so you see when people really start carrying that through, you know, they, they recognize that that background is that, you know, mom always did this or, you know, dad, you know, this, and, and, you know, I was trying to think and, and all of a sudden I'm drawing a blank on it, but it, it was, I think it was for a car. And it was that this is not your father's something. I don't remember the brand, which is obviously not a good thing, <laughs> but your father's Oldsmobile. That was it. Yes. You know, and, and yeah. which is really funny. Cause I always had, my parents always had Oldsmobiles. But yeah, that was that was part of that story. So rather than being, you know, the family sedan, it was something that was very different. And, and so they played on that story. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think the best brands know that, right? Mm-hmm. And, 
you know, they, you mentioned Tide. I mean, they know that like good moms mm -hmm. use Tide and they mm -hmm. want you to feel like a better mother for mm -hmm. using their detergent. Right? Mm -hmm. They just keep hammering that home mm -hmm. and we associate that with Tide. I mean, mm -hmm. that's kind of the problem. Now, here's a little, little secret for any smaller brands out there listening because you're probably thinking like, oh, we're talking about big brands. Right. And, and, and millions of dollars or at least thousands. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, here's, here's, here's the truth. I work with both. And while all these small brands want to act like big brands, the mm -hmm. reality is big brands wish they were like small brands. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, and your example of Oldsmobile was, it was great because you get, you start to get like pigeonholed into a certain Mm -hmm. uh, story. You start right. to get seen as a certain type of brand mm -hmm. and it is very hard. And I don't think they ever successfully mm -hmm. did it. It's very hard for a company like Oldsmobile mm -hmm. to turn that perception around. It's like turning mm -hmm. an aircraft carrier. Now right. It's just like super slow. It takes a lot mm -hmm. of work, a lot mm -hmm. of money. And kind of the thing is, right? Like if you're not telling your story, mm -hmm. someone else is. Right. And so, and if you're not working on your brand and, and, and your brand perception, then you will be branded. Right. Mm -hmm. And so someone I know. Right. Somebody else say, tells your story, as you branded. said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So everyone was telling that story of Oldsmobile. Hey, mm -hmm. this is for my grandfather. This is for mm -hmm. old people. This is just not a cool car. Mm -hmm. Now in marketing and branding and advertising, that's one strategy to take the weakness mm -hmm. and hammer it home and say, Hey, we understand it's a weakness. Mm -hmm. And and we're going to address it and 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 turn it 180. Mm -hmm. They didn't do it very successfully. Right. You know who did it great? Domino's. Mm. So I don't know if you remember, but a few years ago, mm -hmm. they literally ran commercials mm -hmm. of people eating their pizza saying, this is terrible. Mm -hmm. This is horrible. It tastes like cardboard, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, yeah, we know. Mm -hmm. So we're going to fix it. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and, and that, and then they did fix it. Mm -hmm. And that resonated is mm -hmm. this amazingly authentic message mm -hmm. and story mm -hmm. to the consumer. And that was right. a, that's a great turnaround story of a company that was able to take that weakness, re kind of refine their brand mm -hmm. story, which had which they had lost control of. Mm -hmm. They had, you know, and 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 here's one of the things, right? I don't even know because we're, I'm kind of talking off the cuff here about Domino's, but I don't know what their purpose was and I don't know what their values were. Mm -hmm. But what we felt when the quality of the pizza started going down was that their purpose was not about making great pizza mm -hmm. or making me happy. Mm -hmm. And their values were not about quality and weren't about customers. Right. <laughs> mm -hmm. right? They were yeah, just, it was, they it were was all about them. About shareholders. Mm -hmm. Right. What people care about mm -hmm. is, and, and what I implore businesses to care about is mm -hmm. you need to care about stakeholders over mm -hmm. shareholders, mm -hmm. right? And those stakeholders being your customers, mm -hmm. your employees, mm -hmm. and the community. Mm -hmm. And once you do that, it's this great effect where actually mm -hmm. the, the, the shareholders make more money. Mm -hmm. But when we, you know, the old model of focusing just on shareholders actually we're in this weird mm -hmm. state in business where that doesn't really work well. And if right. it does work, it doesn't work really long. It doesn't mm -hmm. work long term. Mm -hmm. um, people, people sniff that out. They expect so much more mm -hmm. from the brands. Right. And I think you, you and I grew up in this time where it was like a unidirectional conversation mm -hmm. where, where Tide was like, I'm tied. I'm for moms. Right. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't believe them, you and I would grumble, but we'd have to be in person. There was no mm -hmm. zoom. 
there was no internet and we right. would be like, Hey, you certainly couldn't post Apple. on Facebook. And mm-hmm. yeah, now that story's out in the wild. Mm-hmm. The conversation is happening on social media. Your brand is being, you know, discussed, mm-hmm. reviewed, um, you know, brought up, torn mm-hmm. down, you know, uh, people are, are more worldly, right? They're seeing mm-hmm. different ways of um, doing their laundry. They have mm-hmm. different beliefs, right? Like I go now to my aisle in the, in the market um, for laundry detergent. And it's like, not only is it about cleaning my clothes, mm-hmm. it's about my lifestyle, right. it's about how I see the world. Mm-hmm. I have detergent that's eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. I have detergent that does this and that mm-hmm. and more whites and less chemicals and mm-hmm. more chemicals and whatever mm-hmm. you want. Right. Um, and that's just where we're at in this mm-hmm. world. And so when, you know, I'm getting off on a little bit of a, of a tangent, but we start thinking about what that story is and what mm-hmm. we people, what we want people to know about our mm-hmm. brand. It really is about getting super specific, mm-hmm. having a clear point of view mm-hmm. uh, and having a worldview that you, that mm-hmm. you share with the world about how you're going to go about solving mm-hmm. this problem. Because there's not too many problems that are like new mouse traps these days, mm-hmm. right? Right. Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's nothing <laughs> unique anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I like you know, and 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 here's the sh- a shocking thing that I'll say is like, for most brands, I don't think people really care about the brand as much as the brand thinks they do. Right. And and, and what I mean by that is, if Tide went away tomorrow, mm-hmm. would 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 you be sad? No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. No, I, I might I might think, consumer. oh, now I have to pick something different, but that'd be it. Yes. My Apple computer that I love dearly, that's mm-hmm. making all this possible, mm-hmm. that went away tomorrow. I'd find a way to survive. Mm-hmm. I'd do something different. Right. You know, uh, I'd, I'd be bummed. I'd be like, remember we had Apple? They were cool. What happened to Apple? But I wouldn't be, yeah. wouldn't yeah. be losing sleep about mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Now I use a pair. <laughs> 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 totally. Totally. So, I, and I think brands also need to be careful about, you know, the, you know, where they intersect with customers in their mm-hmm. lives. Cause even though I use my Apple computer every single day, I didn't wake up this morning going like, Oh, I wonder what's going on with Apple. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I wonder, I wonder, I wonder what's mm-hmm. uh, I'm concerned about their brand. I'm not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and, and we see that all the time where companies think that they are, and, and, you know, it doesn't matter what size they are, that they are irreplaceable that they are the best thing in the world. Um, you know, it was funny as we were chatting before the program, we were, you know, we were talking about technology and I was saying something along the lines of, you know, now we zoom. And it really did surprise me at the start of the pandemic that Skype didn't leap in and say, Hey, we've got this great platform. And Oh, by the way, it's built on Microsoft. And so we've got, you know, all of this stuff. And instead, you heard crickets from them. And you know, and, and this little upstart of a company said, "Hey, here we are." Now, granted, they had you know they'd grown a pretty good following, but f- for me, watching from the outside, their best move was when they said schools can use our our technology for free during the pandemic. Schools can use our product for free, and then you know, if your kid was using it, well, you know, you might as well use it too, and and all of those things. And, you know, so, so, you know, Microsoft might have thought Skype was going to do well just because it's a Microsoft product, but they let that little upstart get in there and say, hello. And now it's, you know, it's, it's like several of the, the other words that we've had through products that we've had through the years. It's now a noun, a verb, an adjective. I mean, all of those things in basically 20 months, you know, we don't tell people 
you know, let's let's connect virtually. We say, are we going to Zoom? Um, you know, or hey, I'm Zooming right now, or you know, all of those various things. And it really does go to show if you're complacent, you get bypassed by somebody who's not. Hundred percent. I think a big part of branding in the work we do is identifying what do people really want, right? Mm -hmm. And and what are unmet needs? Mm -hmm. And you know, no one's going to really tell you that. You know, right. no one's going to be like, I don't think they know their unmet needs. Mm -hmm. Although I think in the example of Skype, they could have figured this out mm -hmm. because my thought on Skype is you know, it started this kind of like funky consumer product but when mm -hmm. microsoft bought bought it over the years they started layering in more complexity mm -hmm. right now i've been invited to skype a couple times recently you know mm -hmm. let's say in the past year like it's not that easy i gotta find my like microsoft username oh yeah yeah microsoft. i don't even think i have it on my computer anymore yeah i'm not a big microsoft user mm -hmm. i can't figure it out mm -hmm. and so what zoom did is they made it really simple mm -hmm. and they kind of followed that Apple mm -hmm. playbook from so many years ago where mm -hmm. Apple was doing the same thing. They were giving discounts to get into the school, mm -hmm. get people to use the products and, and same exact thing. And I think this mm -hmm. unmet need is like, look, we just want to have a real simple, mm -hmm. easy to use video conference. And it mm -hmm. should, and, and the thing about zoom is they keep adding, you know, more features yet. Mm -hmm. They keep it very, right. very simple. Like mm -hmm. I'm looking at my interface right now and it's just like, it's not hard. It's mm -hmm. intuitive. And I think that um, they, they did a great job mm -hmm. there, right? And that was an unmet need we had. We, like, mm -hmm. we had the technology, we had the tools, but up until this point, like desktop audio, uh, desktop video conferencing mm -hmm. was just too complicated. Mm -hmm. And they, they fixed that. Right. You know, and, and it, it's funny because I don't even know if they have a story. Um, you know, it was just, okay, we're just going to start using Zoom. I mean, that was, that was kind of the, the funny thing about this. Uh, but there are certainly other examples of companies that, you know, they were the upstart. They were the, hey, pay attention to us. And, and that's where it's important to the, the small business owner, you know, the one person type of, of companies that are thinking, you know, I am competing with the big guys. And so nobody cares but a lot of times, and, and I think more so, we're seeing people are kind of wanting to go back to the basics. I mean, we're certainly seeing a lot of the conversations about buy local, you know, buy small. And, you know, granted, we're, we're approaching the holidays. And so that really has been something that's coming out there. And now there's the twist on it of, you know, there's the supply chain issues. There's, you know, all of these various things. So if you just go down to your little mom and pop place, you can buy what they've got. Is it what you were looking for? Yeah, maybe, maybe not, but you're helping that small business. Um, you know, and, and so you never know where you know, you're going to be able to compete. And, and so that's why, again, it is so important as that small business to have that story, to know what your brand is, as opposed to, I can sell you anything you need. Just tell me what you need. 100%. I mean, the, the cornerstone of branding is why should anyone care? Like, mm -hmm. why, why should anyone care about my, my business? Like, right. why am I relevant? Right. Like, why do I matter mm -hmm. to you as mm -hmm. a buyer? Mm -hmm. And that's what it's really, really about when we talk about the story mm -hmm. and yeah, we have, we have so much choice, but the, the good news is to all these small businesses is that 
human cha- tastes are always changing, mm-hmm. right? Like our, 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 our tastes in movies are always changing. Mm-hmm. That's why you see movies go spend a hundred million dollars and flop, right? Because mm-hmm. just when Hollywood thinks you know, right. they're the, they're one of the smartest storytelling operations in the mm-hmm. universe. And, 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 and they, and they make mistakes because right mm-hmm. when they think they've got it figured out, mm-hmm. we change our taste, mm-hmm. right? Right. When a big brand thinks they have it figured out, mm-hmm. we change our taste. I'll give you a good mm-hmm. example. I'm working with a, a food company right now, a big, uh, big frozen pizza brand, and they've been doing frozen pizza for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Well, and they've been, and it's been very, very successful. Well, you know what, what's keeping them up at night is a small upstart pizza brand that like is feels all local kind mm-hmm. of quirky you know cool design on the mm-hmm. box like the pizza's irregular has burnt crust because mm-hmm. that's what we have now it decided looks like you made cool. it from scratch yeah exactly but that wasn't cool you know no one wanted that 20 years ago you wanted a right. perfect looking pizza mm-hmm. so and, you know that and, and that company has, has, is making, the new company is making huge inroads. They're a mm-hmm. small company. They're mm-hmm. competing with a, a multinational global company. Mm-hmm. And it's keeping the multinational global company mm-hmm. up at night. So, right. I mean, to all these small businesses, the mm-hmm. opportunity is always there. Mm-hmm. I think what, you know, is always so important when we talk about branding and companies is like, you know, what's the need that you're meeting mm-hmm. that your competitors can't? can't, mm-hmm. can't deliver. Like what is the competitor doing? And sometimes mm-hmm. in, in some real obvious cases, yeah, it's like, Hey, you've gotten, you've gotten complacent. You've gotten mm-hmm. kind of lazy. You're, you're giving me a product from 20 years ago and I'm going to come in and we see that all the time, mm-hmm. right? We saw that with Uber and Airbnb. It wasn't mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the idea of having a rental wasn't new, but the idea of renting out your um, personal space mm-hmm. and having, you know, and feeling like a local in a city mm-hmm. that was kind of new. Right. Um, same thing with Uber. Mm -hmm. lift and things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, and and sometimes it it really is something unusual. Um, You know, there's, there's a a company down here that advertises on local radio and, and they're an IT consulting firm for the little guy, you know? And, and so it's, you know, basically it's, it's for businesses who don't have in-house IT folks, their primary selling feature is 24 hours a day. If you call them, the call will be answered within 15 seconds by a person. And, you know, and, and so that just, that hits several buttons for a lot of people, especially when you're talking about an IT company, because, you know, you're, you're thinking, oh yeah, I'm going to call and press one, press two, press three, press, oops, got hung up on, you know, all of those various things. And so what it makes, I, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I have wanted to just call just to see if they really do answer the phone within 15 seconds. And I'm pretty sure that they do because, you know, if they don't, that's going to be very well known very quickly. You know, even if it's just like 20 seconds or 30 seconds, you know, somebody's going to get on Facebook, they're going to get on Instagram and they're going to say, you know, and, and, um, but, but that, that plays to one of those things that people care about. They want that personal attention and they want it now. Yeah. And that's an unmet need. Right. And, mm-hmm. and we were, before we started recording, we talked about, uh, you had read that a, a popular uh, publication was was discouraging and saying, "Do we really need avatars?" Mm-hmm. Well, you know, this is a, yes, you do. Yes, I, I believe uh-huh. you do. And this is and this is very much the reason why, mm-hmm. because when you start to like identify who's your target customer, you're like, okay, 
we want to identify, you know, small to medium businesses mm-hmm. and with our IT services, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a billion IT service mm-hmm. providers. That is not a new service. Right. How they provide that service is probably not new, mm-hmm. right? So they start to build out that avatar and they start to think about fears and desires. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you know what? These small businesses, and maybe, and maybe part of that is you go and you talk to you know small businesses, you do some interviews, and they're like, mm-hmm. look. When I, when, when I think of IT, no one answers my call. I go through the menu tree. Mm-hmm. I need help fast, but I can't afford it, mm-hmm. right? And then the light bulb goes off and that you do that through an avatar exercise. Mm-hmm. Light bulb goes off for that company. Like, great. No one is providing 15 second mm-hmm. answering times for small to medium business. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to say, look, that's our difference. We are the mm-hmm. only IT firm that provides 15 sec- second pickup for mm-hmm. small to medium business. That is a core way of developing mm-hmm. a positioning strategy. Mm-hmm. We didn't really get into that, but your position is the mm-hmm. space in the mind mm-hmm. that you occupy in the mind of a prospect mm-hmm. or customer. And they're now known as the 15 second answers, right? Mm-hmm. Now, is that like a big innovation? No. Is yeah. that something that they they invented or had that no mm-hmm. one else could foresee in the world? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. But that is an amazing position. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. an amazing way to differentiate yourself, mm-hmm. to be distinct from your competitors. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, that becomes a core part of right. your brand story, which is, mm-hmm. hey, this is our difference. But also, hey, hey, customer, we get you. We mm-hmm. know what you care about. Right. You know, and then and it is important to have that follow up. I mean, you know, it's not just somebody answers the phone within 15 seconds. You know, because if 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 somebody answers within 15 seconds and says, please hold, I'm not happy, um, you know, or they say there's nobody available to take your call or any of those various things. I mean, it, it is, you know, it's it's that progression of things. And so that's sometimes I think where people get caught up, they, you know, they're, they're going to say, but, you know, it's it's back to dominoes. You know, we deliver within 30 minutes. Well, you know, sometimes that didn't always work. And of course they learned it didn't work, which is why they they don't do it anymore. But, but yeah, it was okay. You know, what, what comes after that 15 seconds, you know, how are you still continuing to tell that story? Yeah. Well, you have to be great, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and, and we're living in a world where whatever your, it is, whatever mm-hmm. your, what you deliver is mm-hmm. has to be great. Mm-hmm. Like I have to give great brand mm-hmm. strategy and design. I can't right. give you mediocre stuff, mm-hmm. right? Uh, unless I'm like some low cost provider, but then mm-hmm. you're going to get, you know, you're going to have that. If that's your model, it's mm-hmm. going to be mediocre and average. And then people are going to go online and say mm-hmm. it's mediocre and average, mm-hmm. or I'm going to have to cater to a low cost, high volume kind mm-hmm. of clientele. Right. Right. And we're, that's just to your point. That's the world we're living in. Like everyone gets online, like mm-hmm. your reputation you know, it takes, you know, what's the saying? It takes a lifetime to build and a second Mm -hmm. to destroy, you know, it, if you don't do that. And so, yeah, Mm -hmm. you absolutely have to deliver on, Hey, we've got 15 second hold times, but then Mm -hmm. we also get you to a person and we deliver on that Mm -hmm. promise or else you're not going to be in business very long. So you can go on, you can go on the internet and Mm -hmm. go on the radio and tell everyone you have 15 second hold times. But if you're not living up to that Mm -hmm. promise, that'll, that'll be destroyed pretty quickly. You know, and, and it can be destroyed quickly. I mean, you know, two words, Aaron Rodgers. Um, you know, it, it's I, great example. Yeah. You know, he it, it, it's and it's interesting from a marketing and PR perspective to watch this whole thing play out, um, you know, and, and, and many people don't care. OK, fine, whatever. Many people think you know, he, he deserves what he's getting. Many people think, oh my gosh, you know, this is, is, you know, horrible and awful. 
But yeah, I mean, you know, it really did not take much from him to completely cause problems. Is it going to destroy his <clears throat> brand? Who knows? Um, you know, and and but how it plays out over the next even couple of weeks is is going to be what's important with that. And I think the problem is so many companies do think they can, you know, it's it's not important. They can weather those storms, you know, and and I've I talked with someone not long ago about the importance of you know paying attention to those online reviews and how, especially as a small business. One bad online review can bring your whole company down. Um, you know, it's it's about how you respond and, and all of those things. And so it's it's it, it you know, and that's what's hard, especially for small business owners, is this is something you do have to pay attention to 24-7. It's not just you know, create it and leave it. It's something that that's always out there. Yeah, and I think you know the, the best thing to think about in reviews or social media mm-hmm. or the greater um, internet is that it is a vibrant, living conversation, mm-hmm. and it's not this kind of like unidirectional, like plastered on a wall. Mm-hmm. They're not static; they live, and they breathe, and they evolve. And fortunately or unfortunately, they also are there as the world around us mm-hmm. changes, right? So you think of all these people who had posted things on the internet and things like that. And when cultural um, perception mm-hmm. and energy and momentum changes around what's okay to say, mm-hmm. what's, you know, what, what what's appropriate, mm-hmm. people go back and crawl, mm-hmm. find out I know, what you They'll find something you posted years 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. And hold you accountable mm-hmm. today. And I'm not here to debate whether it's right or wrong. Mm-hmm. We, we uh, you know, but like that—that's the world we live in. Mm-hmm. And so, being aware of that, right, mm-hmm. and being authentic, and also being clear that you're going to live into your brand mm-hmm. for better or worse. I mean, mm-hmm. as long as you're not being completely offensive. And you actually, mm-hmm. I'll take that back. Some brands. Sometimes that offensive. is your brand. <laughs> <laughs> but being polarizing is okay, right? And if you lean into what you believe mm-hmm. and and stuff like that. But what what people typically won't take is either inconsistency mm-hmm. or dishonesty, right. right? And that's kind of like what happened with uh, Aaron Rodgers, right? Mm-hmm. He was both inconsistent mm-hmm. and dishonest. Mm-hmm. And that's why he's getting uh, kind of held to the flame right, right. now. And you know, I, don't, well, I don't blame people. And you know, there are so many people who, especially whether it's a celebrity, an athlete, whoever, they're looking for reasons to say, hey, this is a bad person, um, you know, and, and so it's it's hard for them. But yeah, I mean, it's just, it, like I said, from, from a PR and marketing perspective, it's been an entertaining kind of, as you said before, case study to see how it, it works. And then you toss in his girlfriend and I'm like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, you know, there, there yeah. are certain, you know, there, there are always times where I think oh, I'm really glad I'm not their PR people. <laughs> Because I'd get fired because I would. Tell I'm them, a little that. more optimistic than that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a little more optimistic than that. I think people are so mad because they invested in Aaron, right? right. They believed mm-hmm. in him. They, they mm-hmm. believed his story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing worse than when you kind of get that reveal, whether right. it's in, you know, with a person mm-hmm. like Aaron Rodgers or whether it's a brand and you mm-hmm. feel like, oh no, mm-hmm. I've been lied to. Right. Because mm-hmm. we, when we believe in a story of Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm. we believe in a story of Nike or, mm-hmm. or Patagonia or Volvo. Like we're that, that we're taking that on as part of mm-hmm. our identity, right? Right. We take that on as part of our mm-hmm. belief system. And when someone says 
the thing that you invested in, mm-hmm. the thing that you brought mm-hmm. into your own aura, persona, mm-hmm. and belief system, I lied to you. Mm-hmm. That hurts. Right. And we're unforgiving mm-hmm. creatures when that happens. And that's that's the way it is. Right. Yeah. You know, and and you know, and and that's where it is so important to have that strong basis to have built that up, you know, all of those so that you can weather those storms, Um, you know, and, and sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you can't, I mean, you know, let's just be honest about it, but, but it does help to have that plan, have that brand. And you have something on your website that I absolutely love. And I was reading it and you have a manifesto. So tell me more about that. And, And more importantly, why should companies have a manifesto? Yeah, thanks. Like, well, manifest is just one piece of the puzzle. And just mm-hmm. to expand a little bit and build a little bit on what you just said, Deb. Yes, do you need a plan? So, what does that plan look like for mm-hmm. us? That's what we call brand strategy, right? Mm-hmm. And and we do all these fun things that we call working on the internal brand, like mm-hmm. your purpose, your vision, your mission, your values. We work on your positioning strategy: who's the audience, your competitors, your difference. We work on these things like your brand persona, your personality, your mm-hmm. voice. What are your core messages? What are your what's the storytelling framework? Then we get mm-hmm. into names and and what everyone loves, the identity system or a logo, right? Mm-hmm. And and why do we do all that? Well, we, we don't do that in a vacuum. We document that, and mm-hmm. that becomes a playbook mm-hmm. for things like we did. We we're just talking about mm-hmm. when you're weathered with a storm, when you're mm-hmm. questioning. How do we respond? So that's mm-hmm. that's really what it is. It's 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 documented and mm-hmm. articulated and shared by an organization. The manifesto is just a, a, an a, an amalgamation mm-hmm. of all that stuff, and really, it's it's a belief statement. It's a way of uh, writing an anthem mm-hmm. um, that says, "This is why we're here. This mm-hmm. is what we believe in. This is what our company is about." Because what we're talking about all this right here, it's really the only way you can differentiate. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a service provider. There are other people mm-hmm. that offer branding services. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to believe that I'm the best in the world, but like, let's be honest, there are a lot of people. There's one or two branding. more that might be. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they can help you just as well. Mm-hmm. But so, you know, we differentiate ourselves with, you know, a target audience with mm-hmm. our positioning and then a manifesto just becomes this amazing rallying cry mm-hmm. around, um, around uh, that you can build as an anthem. I usually like them too, because when we write them, that's when you start to like really feel the brand. That's when mm-hmm. you start to have emotion around the brand and you can mm-hmm. start to pull out things that you never would have written in mm-hmm. terms of maybe you find a tagline there, maybe you find a core message, something mm-hmm. like that. And so it really is this anthem of you know putting uh, the flag in the sand. I actually have a whole webinar and a, what we call a manifesto builder mm-hmm. um, that I think you can either link to through the website, but if not, mm-hmm. um, I'll make sure we get that okay. to Deb and, cool. and link to that. So mm-hmm. that anybody that's interested uh, walks them all through mm-hmm. kind of the history of manifestos, great manifesto examples, as well as how to actually mm-hmm. build your own uh, with some really mm-hmm. uh, fundamental building blocks. You can go out and write your own manifesto. Right. You know, and as I'm reading yours, I, you know, it really is something that, you know, the one person in their their spare bedroom can develop as well as the big multi gazillion dollar companies um you know and 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 you know it it's it it's clearly one of those things that people have to sit down and think about and think about who they are and what their values are you know all of those various things i mean you know here's here's uh, let's see this is a couple sentences from yours um you know we are here on this planet to apre 
And you know, that's people are going to go, what the heck is that? Um, and then it says, it's the time we dedicate to refreshing our strength and our spirit so we may reconnect with to who we truly are. Remember what's truly important. It's a time to connect with family and friends and to have conversations that matter. It's a time to connect with family and friends. Oop, you've got that sentence in there twice. To create the moments that matter, to laugh and to adventure. And you know, people think, well, what does that have to do with business? It has everything to do with business because it's talking about your philosophy of who you are as a company. Um, you know, and, and I think that's it comes back to what we were saying at the very start. It's not just, hey, we have to make lots of money, you know, and yes, we have to make money or we don't succeed. You know, I tell people even nonprofits have to make money. You know, it doesn't mean no profit. It means, you know, there's there's but we we so but it's it's about how we go about it. Um, that is important. And that really is what sets us apart. It's, you know, the 15 second answer. It's the, you know, we always use environmentally sustained products, you know, all of those various things. And, and as we were saying, people care about that. You know, they're shopping for those things because that's what's important to them. 100%. And, and a little sort of inside baseball, you know, we work with a lot of lifestyle and mm-hmm. outdoor brands. And so part of that manifesto is really to say, like, this is what we believe in. We mm-hmm. believe in, in, in products that support mm-hmm. lifestyle. We right. support products that um, are about families and friends. And, mm-hmm. and like, that's a way for us to expand. Like, Hey, if you have a cool water bottle, mm-hmm. if you are a travel company, mm-hmm. we can, we can talk about that now. Mm-hmm. I will say, and there's people probably listening being like, yeah, but I don't want to be so narrow and blah, blah, blah. We get people all the time, you know, B2B companies. I was just mm-hmm. on a workshop this morning with a a B2B managed services provider. Mm-hmm. We're helping them with a brand, but that's not our identity, right? Mm-hmm. And that doesn't help us narrow our focus in terms of who we're talking to, our marketing and, mm-hmm. and things like that and what we stand for. So, you know, to those of you that are worried, like, hey, I don't want to be so specific. Look, you can still take other business. Right. Just, yeah. You're you know, not going to say, no, no, we don't like your money. I mean, or you exactly. could, exactly. You, you know, and, yeah. but it, that is, you know, it really is, you know, the, the, what gets you going in the morning type of, of story. Um, you know, on another part of your website, you mentioned the fact that, you know, when you were a, a young child, you asked your dad, you know, do you like your job? And your dad went, yeah. <laughs> you know? And, you know, and, and at that early age, you thought, I don't want to be that. I don't want to do that. Um, you know, and, and, and we all hear the thing that says, you know, it, it, you know, if you love what you do, it's not really a job. Well, you know what? You still have to do parts of it that you're not going to like. I always laugh and I tell people I don't like invoicing, but I better be good at invoicing. Um, you know, and and so there's always parts of it that aren't the thing that you love. The the nice thing is, you know, you hopefully can reach a point where you delegate those things out and you get back to what you love. But that is part of that story. I mean, you know, it's it's figuring out what gets you up and gets you going in the morning. You know, is it, you know, it, it, it is it that you provide, you know, that. 15 second response time? Is it that you provide, you know, outstanding customer support? You know, all of those various things, you know, and, and you know, as, as we were reading in your manifesto, you know, it's, it's about knowing that your families are so important. It's about, you know, giving back all of those various things, because that is what makes people think, hey, this is somebody, maybe I'm, you know, maybe it's not a product I, I'm going to buy, 
but it might be somebody I'm going to tell somebody else about, you know, or, or all of those things. Yeah. And, you know, look, the, the big takeaway here is it should just be personal to you, mm-hmm. right? Like, and, and it shouldn't be manufactured. And mm-hmm. for us, it really is important. Like we, like, you know, we live a very Colorado lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we love branding, we love business, but you know, we're here because we we're really about all those moments mm-hmm. with our families and friends right. out on the, out on the slopes or mm-hmm. doing other things. And so, but that's, what's important to us. Mm-hmm. You know, I will say that your manifesto doesn't have to be about saving the world. doesn't have to be, you know, about anything like that. That um, Fiat has an amazing one that's all about just you know the joy of like the love and joy of driving, right? Mm-hmm. And they like go into this whole awesome narrative about like it's just about being like you know having a love for driving, like you're mm-hmm. an Italian, right. right? And that's that's what theirs is about. And you're like, oh yeah, like, I love that. Like I mm-hmm. I, could, I, could, I could drive a Fiat, mm-hmm. you know, that'd be cool. Right. So you know, be authentic, mm-hmm. lean into yourself, and know that 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 thing that you believe in, those differences, that manifesto is the one thing mm-hmm. that can really make you distinct and, and tip the uh, the scales in your favor mm-hmm. in terms of a purchase decision by a, a, by a prospect or a right. client. Yeah. And, and one thing that people always need to remember is it also tells people this might not be for you. You know, maybe I don't want to be driving like I'm an Italian, you know, and, and I, because I'm the mom, you know, I need the minivan, um, you know, and, and so that's also important because you don't want Either as you know the the company, you don't want wasting you. You don't want to be wasting your time with people that are never going to buy from you. Um, but you also don't want them wasting their time. You know, so it's 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 perfectly fine to kind of weed those people out. Yeah, just as important. Yeah, you know, yep. it's always good you know to know just who you're for as much as you're mm-hmm. not. So mm-hmm. uh, that that's a great point. Right. Well, oh my gosh, Mark, we've only got just a couple minutes left, and and this really is a subject that I could talk about for hours because I think it is. It's, it's fascinating. It's fun to talk about. But as we said, it's very important for businesses. Um, so we'll just have to have you on again sometime. But until then, you know, tell us more about, and we didn't even mention your company name. Your company is called Wild Story. So tell us about the services that you provide and how people find you. Yeah, we are Wild Story. We're a brand strategy and design studio. And, you know, not many of you are probably waking up saying, you know, I need brand strategy. That's a real problem of mine. But typically what we work with are people, they come to us, they they think they have a, a logo problem and think they have a website problem. They might be saying something like, we don't know how to tell our story or we're not standing out from our competition. Those are all things that that we, we help people with, typically mm-hmm. with the underlying foundation of brand story. You can check us out at wildstory.com, but I've also made it really, really easy for you. Um, you might be in the car, you might be running, you might be doing something different. So if you just want to go ahead and send us an email at goodstuff, G-O-O-D-S-T-U-F-F, at wildstory.com. You can just put power hour right in the subject. You don't need to put anything in the the body unless you want to. And we'll go ahead and reply right back to you with a lot of these uh, assets and resources we just talked about on the show. Make it really, really easy for you. And we'll we'll get that to you and and, and you'll have the option. You can follow me on on social media, uh, learn more about branding. We'll get you the manifesto builder, all those types of assets Mm -hmm. and tools. We'll just put them right right in your inbox for you. Good stuff at wildstory.com. Perfect. I love it. I love it. You know, and, and it's like you were saying, sometimes simple is the easiest way to go. Um, you know, we get so caught up in it has to be fancy and it has to do this and it has to do that. And it's like, nah, let's just be simple. We've got so many things. We mentioned this at the very start. So many things bombarding us. It's got to be simple or we don't remember. Um, so, so this has been absolutely fantastic. 
are there any final thoughts that you want to leave us with? You know, I think that the the final thought that I'd love to leave you with is just remember that branding is all about selling and that your brand has a job. That job is to help you raise the perceived value of your business. And so, and why do we want to raise the perceived value? So we can get more profit and have a better business and, you know, drive profits to the bottom line. I'll Perfect. I love it. Well, I have been having an absolutely wonderful discussion with Mark Gutman of Wild Story. I'm Deb Creer. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.